Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Today's episode of the A-Game Podcast is brought to you by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. Go on nicknicknick.com slash links. Under affiliates, you will see the link for Get Your Discounted CBD Today. It will bring you to the Naked Warrior Recovery CBD site founded by Navy SEAL William Brannan hailing out of Hawaii. Go on that site, look around for some of the most natural CBD products to help you with your aches, your pains, your stress, your appetite, your sleep, your inflammation. Again, I've said it a million times. It's been a miracle drug for me. It's not that gas station crap. It is all natural. It will not get you high. There's topicals, there's gummies, there's drops, there's clothing, there's things on that site every single day that are growing the inventory. Go and search around, try it out for 30 to 60 days, and you will absolutely see a difference in the way you feel, the way you think, the way you act. It has done great for me, does wonders for your body. So help yourself, help your company. Um, and uh, when you go to checkout, put in promo code AGAME at checkout to get 20% off any of your orders over there at Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. Also on nicknicknick.com if you want to go on and get our free book, How the Real Estate Market Has Changed Due to the Coronavirus and What Every Investor Needs to Know. Go on and get that free at nicknicknick.com and you click on Get My Free Ebook. And if you are interested in getting involved in real estate, we have more and more deals coming up every day. Residential, fix and flips, cash flow, multifamily, partner opportunities. Whether you're starting out, whether you're already doing deals and you want to branch out, let's make the leap. Let's check it out. Follow me on any of the social social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, and just message me if you're interested in having a discussion about how we can work together or get you in real estate, whether you're buying properties from me, selling properties to me, or finding a way to collaborate and partner together. Let's get this started and make 2021 a profitable year for you. episode today with one of the biggest brains in business branding, Kevin Harrington. He's going to be coming on today. He was one of the original founding members of Shark Tank, one of the original sharks. Uh, I've worked with him for a few years now. I'm very excited to get him on. He's coming out with a new book and there's just a million things I could be asking him about. Uh, He's in high demand. It was a big deal for him to come spend some time with me and I'm looking very forward to it. So hopefully you guys enjoy this as well. Please Google the A-Game podcast on iTunes. Click on the link there and then go down and hit review and give it five stars and leave me a good review. It goes a long way so I can keep getting great guests and giving you guys great content. Thank you very much. Looking forward to releasing Kevin Harrington for you guys. All right. My guest today on the A-Game podcast is one of the original sharks, Mr. Kevin Harrington. He is the inventor of the infomercial. He has launched such amazing personalities as Tony Little, Jack Elaine, George Foreman, Billy Mays. He is behind Celsius, which is a drink that I drink all the time. Everybody sees me drinking on this podcast. Chairman mm-hmm. on As Seen on TV, one of Zig Ziglar's direct protégés, founder of Entrepreneur's Organization Mastermind, which I know a ton of successful guys that have been part of that. Sold over $4 billion in product sales. Brilliant mind and business branding. Author of the new book, Mentor to Millions, Mr. Kevin Harrington. Thank you so much for being on today. It is excellent to see you again, sir. Great to be here, Nick. Good job, man. Uh, I love it. The A game. Let's do it. I love it, man. So um, you and I have worked together for a couple of years. We've shared some stages. I had the honor of introducing you a few times and it never disappoints. Every time I talk to you, I pick up more pieces. I learn more stuff. And um, one of the big things that I really think is interesting about you is I've seen you innovate on such a 
with such little direction when we've said, hey, like this time we need the crowd to go this way or we need the message to go this way. And you got a new PowerPoint up in production and you're, you're so good at changing with the momentum of what people need. And I've watched you do that now after following your career from infomercials to COVID to, to social media to podcasts. So I feel like a lot of people became dinosaurs when this whole thing happened. And you're just one of those guys who's never going to do that. And I think that's such an amazing quality. I love that. Thank you. And, and just, you mentioned Celsius. So let's, let's talk about that because here's a company I got involved with five years ago when the stock, when I first met the, one of the, the, the founders, stock was 10 cents a share, little public company, a couple million in, in value and in sales. And I find, I joined the board, got a big package up front because it was a startup company. And, and I got in at 22 cents a share. Now, come all the way fast forward and we built a great company. You've been drinking it. I drink it every day. And we built that stock. It was in, in May of this year, the stock had gone from 22 cents to $5. And you think that's pretty doggone good, but guess what it's done since May into now August, which is only a couple of September. Now, a couple months later, it's gone to $20. Okay. Nice. So, from five bucks. So we're now a $1.4 billion company. And let me explain why. I mean, one of the great things about moving and shaking and, and being able to go with the flow, as you mentioned, COVID, you got to pivot. Well, we had to pivot, but we had pivoted before COVID with the understanding that, you know, we weren't Red Bull. Red Bull's in every store, right? We had to get fitness influencers direct to the consumer. So we were getting Flo Rida, Khloe Kardashian, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fitness influencers. So when COVID hit and people couldn't get their Celsius because the stores were closed, the, 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 we kicked in with the direct to the consumer uh, campaigns with the, with the influencers and this crushed it. Our sales were up 150% when people thought our, stocks, our, our, our sales are gonna be down. So instead of the stock going down, the market realized we knew what the heck we were doing and that's why it grew to a very powerful level. So this is what I love to do, innovate. This is a product that normally sells at retail. Well, we were selling it at retail and we're in 160,000 stores, but we're also selling it through direct to the consumer channels, like I just mentioned with fitness influencers. That that's was the awesome. difference. And I love what you're saying about how you built a brand out of that because Everybody knows I'm a huge energy drink guy. And when I travel, sometimes you can't get the stuff that you want. But I've been trying to consciously go to health stores. And when you go to the health stores, they always have weird energy drinks. And what I'm starting to find now is that becomes the thing when you go into the weird local, local nutrition store, that's the brand that you go, I know I can trust Celsius. It's the same all the time. I don't know what any of these other ones are. So I walk in there now like, there's my Celsius. I trust it. I like yeah. it. Give it to me. And I'll buy a case. I'll sell the stores out when I go in there. So it's really good stuff, man. <laughs> um, so talking about attention grabbers, um, I know uh, the the world's changed a lot, but you were actually coined as the inventor of the infomercial. And that came mm. from, I love the story about innovating and you're actually behind 
things like the Ginsu was one of the first things. So I'd love you to give just a, a quick um, a quick synopsis. I know you're tight on time, but yeah. a little bit about how that came because- I'm going to do a one-minute overview of, yeah. of kind of my life before all of this, okay? <laughs> so I'm one of six kids, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. My dad was a bartender. One day he said, Kevin, I've saved up enough money. I'm opening up my own bar and restaurant. I want you to come in, help me out. I was 11 years old. So I'm, I was working literally a full 40 hour week when I was 11, serving and bus, busing and bar backing and all that kind of stuff. But th then I said, I need to own my own business, dad. I, I, this is great for you because you're paying me a dollar an hour, right? So I started a heat. And, my, and so my dad was my first mentor. He said, you need to start a business in high school. I started a driveway ceiling business. Then when I got to college, I needed a full-time job, business to pay for my college education and room and board and everything. So I started a heating and air conditioning company, which was year round. So I sold those companies to focus on more business oriented. This was labor oriented stuff. I, I, and I became a business broker selling pizza parlors, delicatessens, flower shops, manufacturing companies. So I'm selling hundreds, hundreds and thousands of businesses in, in the Midwest, primarily where I was from Cincinnati. But I've really got an education of business because I had the books and records of the thousand plus businesses that I was selling in order to sell it just like in real estate. You got to know the taxes. You got to know the this. I had, to, you know, I was a real estate broker and a business broker selling the business and the real estate if it was involved. But one day after getting cable TV, I'm watching my cable channels and I had Discovery and, 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 and um, CNN and HBO. But when I, when I got to Discovery, there was nothing airing at the particular time I was there. And if I found out, I called the cable company and I said what's going on there's nothing on this discovery channel I said I love the movies on HBO and the news on CNN and ESPN has 24 hours of sports what's happening with my discovery channel they said oh it's a new channel we only program it 18 hours a day we don't have enough money for 24-hour budget well that's when the light bulb went off and I had just seen Arnold Morris at the Philadelphia home show cutting through a coca-cola can with a Guinness <laughs> knife and pitching the heck out of it I said, that is a perfect pitch. So I said to Arnold, let's film that. Let's put it on Discovery. And let's see what happens. I cut a deal with Discovery, cut a deal with Arnold. We became partners all the way around. And that was the birth. This was in the early 80s, by the way. So um, that was the birth of infomercials here in the US. We kicked them off. I was doing six hours a day on Discovery Channel. But we started with, the, with Arnold and then we got involved with the food saver and then Tony Little in the fitness and Jack LaLanne and George Foreman, 50 cent selling headphones. Paris Hilton wanted to plump your lips. Um, <laughs> Kim Kardashian had, some, you know, so we, I mean, we got, in fact, we did Chris Jenner's first infomercial, Kim's Kardashian's first infomercial off to the races. And that became a $5 billion enterprise that I built at that point. So of course we went public and, and, and I, sold a bunch of equity and, 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 and moved on at, at that particular time. But it was a great chance to take some chips off the table as an entrepreneur, build it, get a little, you know, sometimes people buy and sell. And I was used to doing that because I'd sold tons of businesses. So anyway, that was, that was the beginning and it's changed a little bit now. Certainly COVID's changed some things, but 
we've, you know, we, we have adapted. And I think that's the key thing you mentioned it earlier is being able to pivot, knowing when and knowing how to do the pivot. I love that. And, you know, again, I think the, the difference is I'm seeing people having to pivot on things that I think are just slight, like on the real estate side of stuff, they have to do things a little bit more remotely, which, you know, as you've seen, I, I've been doing remotely for forever anyway. So for me, it wasn't a big deal, but the level that you have had to pivot and adapt over decades now, you know, I think the things people are complaining about having to change over months when you've done it so drastically over years and years and years is just unbelievable to me if you look at it. So, you know, when we're talking about a couple of different things, one, I definitely want to talk about how you're reaching the customers, but what is your take on watching it go from a 30, 45, 60 minute infomercial that people are watching late at night to now we're in a place where, you know, people are cutting the cord. They're not even watching TV and you used to have an right. hour to build your story. And now we're in a place right. where you really have 30 to 45 seconds on TikTok or IGTV. And if you don't grab the person's attention, it's gone. Yeah. So, so I built, I built as seen TV Inc as seen TV.com, all of that. when TV was hot, now there's been a 50% decline in television viewership. So what, what do you do? You follow the eyeballs. And that's exactly what I did five years ago. I sold those assets. I said, Hey, I built this into a huge business. I'm going to sell it. I said, I, I know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And that's when I dove into the digital world, which is Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and YouTube and TikTok and all the things that you're mentioning here because it's 50% of the people that were watching TV have cut that cord. They're no longer watching television. I find myself, you know, I love live sports, but hey, for a while, we didn't even have any live sports, right? It's good to see some of it coming back. Can't wait till football comes back now, but you know, we got a couple of weeks and we're going to be seeing football, but hockey and baseball and all that, that's great. But the bottom line is, yes, here I was producing these 30 minute, 60 minute long infomercial shows. Now they're, you, you got it. They're 30 second, they're 15 second, they're, you know, one minute, you might get 90 seconds on some places, but certainly not on a TikTok, right? So we've had to adapt our messaging, but I'll say this still, I, I say in a, in, in a 30 minute show, I'd have three 10 minute pods. And each 10-minute pod, we did a, we did a three-step process, tease, please, and seize in each 10-minute segment. So they, they, they ultimately could have run independent of each other because they, they, it was three 10-minute segments that we wrapped together into a 30-minute show, but they each had individual components of tease them, please them, seize them. So back me down to two minutes, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to tease you please you, and seize. And the T's start with an attention-getting problem. The please solve the problem in a unique fashion using testimonials and magical transformations. And seize is give me an irresistible offer. And, and so that, whether you're, whether you're doing that in 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes, 30 minutes, it's still, you've got to get their attention, give them a problem, solve the problem, and give them an unbelievable offer, no matter how much time you got. So it's, we, we've taken our selling skills from 30-minute shows and put them into the short form now, and it's, and it's working very powerfully. I love it. So the foundations are still the same. You're just changing a little bit of the timeframes and the messages. Exactly. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, awesome. You, you can't have, I mean, in a 30 minute show, we might've had five, six, eight minutes of testimonials. Obviously, if you only have two minutes, you, they got to be very quick, a couple of quick little bites of great testimonials, but you can't, you can't have even a minute worth of testimonials in a two minute spot. You've got to do a lot of selling in, in that spot. So it's a, there, there is definitely a, a, a kind of, a, you know, a, a format that we've utilized has been very successful. That's outstanding. And this is where I think it's probably really important that your history, all the things that you've been pitched over the years on Shark Tank that don't even make it to TV and all the things just from the businesses and the people you've come across, I imagine that you've gotten a very quick filter for figuring out what's important, what's not, what's going to be good, what's not, what you can work with, what you can't, which again, in business, I've learned one of the most important things is learning what to say no to rather than what to say yes to. So being that now you're having to take this 45 minutes and narrow it down to two, your, your past history probably allows you to do that a lot quicker than the average bear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it's, in fact, over the years, we, we, we said, you know, we were the creators of the infomercial 30-minute show, but we also did short form too. So short form is, is the other side of that business because not, I mean, if you're selling something for 10 bucks or $14.95, you don't need 30 minutes to sell it. And, you know, two minutes is enough time. One minute might be enough. 30 seconds might be enough either also. But it's, you know, so we've, we've been for 38 years working in the world of creating spots, video spots that sell, whether they sell on TV, Facebook, Instagram, wherever they sell. And so we've proven it now. We've got many products. I mean, we have just had a product recently that touched over a hundred million dollars in sales. It never had one dime of television time because it was, it was a $14 and 95 cent product. And we were really powerful with it on Facebook and Instagram and all of the digital techniques that we used. Also there's something very powerful on the internet that a lot of people didn't weren't able to utilize on television is we use affiliates also. And so we can take a product that we develop a track record for it and then turn it over to an affiliate who then takes it out and sells it to the people that they have in their database. So sometimes an affiliate can deliver massive amount of sales to us. Um, just use utilizing our uh, techniques and, and, and formats that we provide them. That's amazing. Do you, do you have a team that helps you figure out what's growing, what's trending, what's coming up as far as, I mean, cause for me, you know, I, I'm finding myself old all of a sudden and then Snapchat came out and I never really got into Snapchat and then it was almost gone and then TikTok got so huge. And I remember thinking like TikTok, who cares? It's stupid. It's just these little kids. And then I looked at what the highest influencers had on Instagram, a few hundred thousand. And then you look at what kids have on TikTok and it's 20, 30, 40 million. And I was like, man, this is crazy. What are you yeah. doing to stay on top of the way that technology is changing? Because I see you're on every medium. So you obviously are, are yeah, we we'll use them all. What's um, so, I mean, the first thing that I did is that I had to, I had to change my, my entire makeup of, of our, of our um, management team. I had a bunch of TV and radio and newspaper guys on my staff. And by the way, they tended to want to get paid a lot of money, <laughs> wanted to have big expense accounts and, expensive lunches and this and that. And some, I had, I had a guy who's making 400 grand a year, but his expense account was 300. I mean, it's like crazy. Why? You know, well, that was the way it was back then. Now we deal with a younger generation. 
And so, I mean, I have two kids, one's 22 and one's 32. And so between them, you know, I've got, you know, there's a good group of, you know, of, of, of people to bounce off different things, but we, they have brought in, and I don't know if you've ever met my son, Brian, the older of the two boys. Um, and, and Brian is very sophisticated in every digital aspect of everything we're doing. So, so because he's been with me for 10 years, so he was started in the, he used to run as seen on TV.com at one time. And then he was the one that said, we got to get out of this. Let's sell it. The, 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 the changes are here. We got to be into this digital space. So he pioneered us moving into the digital space. And that's when we sold off all those assets. And now we focus primarily on digital. We still do a little bit of television. I mean, on a, on a $100 million campaign of a project, we, we may have three or four million of those coming from TV sales, but most of it is coming from the rest of the marketplace in the That's digital great. world. Outstanding. Now, with, yeah. uh, you know, I've heard for di- different versions of it, but that technology is going to change more in the next three years than it has in the last 30, which the change has been completely crazy. And especially when we carve this timeline into the world of the last six, seven months of COVID, being somebody that gets pitched a lot of ideas, are you seeing a lot of really cool things that people are innovating in response to COVID? Unbelievable. Yeah. In fact, you, you mentioned some statistics. In the next 30 days, there will be more content created on the internet than was created in the last 30 years in the world of television. So think about that. 30 days equals 30 years. And that's because there's so much new things happening, but, but we get, I'm getting about 150 pitches a week from entrepreneurs pitching me their ideas, their products, their businesses. They're looking for capital. They're looking for partners. They're looking for distribution. Not everybody just is looking. I mean, yeah. Hey, I want a million dollars for 10% of my company, like Shark Tank, right? Okay. So yeah, that's, we don't do many of those deals. And it's funny, I, I, was, I reached out to Robert Herchevik the other day, and I, somebody had a product for Robert that was good for twins. And Robert has twins, so I reached out and said, Robert, here's a product for twins. And he's like, oh, he says, I've got so many things happening in my day-to-day life that it's, you know, I just don't have time to take on too many more things. But he's not a product guy like I am. I mean, he's in securities and high-level you know, kind of tech and security. I'm, I'm a product guy and have been for the last 40 years. So when we're, I mean, I spend hours a day on new technologies for this whole world of, of, of PPE, you know, um, all the stuff that's out there to help keep us safe in this world of COVID, right? There's many, there's sanitizing booths that you walk through and there's antimicrobial things that last for months on surfaces and so many new things that are coming out that you're going to see big, big changes in the marketing of of products coming up. Um, Probably it's going to be probably about six months to a year from now, you'll start seeing a lot of this stuff hit the market. Yeah. I I think we hit a reset button and we're going to see a renaissance. I mean, as as hard as things are now, I think the stuff that's going to come out of this is going to be a golden age and it's just going to change the world. I think for the better, you know, it's just typical stuff, but so as far as adapting for live events and stuff, how are you adapting to be able to, to hit your, 
your people that you're connecting with on the on the seminars and in person? Is it just stuff like this doing more podcasts? I know you said you have like you know two hundred podcasts. Yeah, but but also for example, I used to do a tour in Asia. I do Hong Kong, Singapore, um, and uh, Tai Taipei, and maybe Malaysia. Three or four cities. I'd go over there and kind of hit them all. Right. Well, we'd have we'd have, you know, a couple thousand people that would show up at each place, but they had to come down to the hotel and drive and spend the day and all of that. Now we can, we could go to, so recently I did an event in Malaysia. We had 20,000 people on the virtual event because they just tune in from their home. They don't have to go anywhere. So we're doing virtual events, but we're seeing far more people in the process because they don't have to leave their house. And I think a lot of the world is getting used to this virtual kind of, of, of connecting. Now, it, it, it has disrupted a few companies that are used to meeting face-to-face and kind of closing the sale on a face-to-face basis, but a lot of those guys are morphing into how do you do it over the internet because let's put it this way for the for the current time in the next i don't see it changing much until probably we get into for sure next year it may even be second quarter of next year originally we were hoping there'd be more events starting in first quarter i'm hearing it's maybe going to be more like second quarter of next year so people got to survive in the meantime and virtual is the way to do it I agree. You know, again, it's, I've been flipping properties virtually for 15 years all over the country and people always thought I was crazy and now it became the norm. And so it's, it's one of those things, you know, eventually you could see this stuff's going that way. But part of the way I've been able to do that is by building what you refer to as the dream team around me, which is, right. is always, you know, there's, there's people that they come and they go and you, you get better at like, like we were saying, from my experience, I get quicker at identifying this person's not going to work out. This is somebody worth training. But I heard right. you say a couple of stories that I thought were really interesting for me that you were talking about a lot of people will bring on a dream team member and they will start to look at the checks that they're cutting them and start to go, why did I do this? This person's expensive. I need to better deal them. I need to cut them out. I need to change my bank account. And they start to make really unethical business decisions because they're looking at people that help them get where they are as something that's now taking money out of their pocket rather than building it together. And I've right. seen some really big successful people in business and in real estate that they have that thought process and their ego. They forget that it was people that they worked together to get there and it re- literally tanks their business. How important are the people that you surround yourself with and how many businesses do you see get blown up because of people with their big egos? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so like when I was a young entrepreneur, I'd just gotten into Asina TV, we were having success. I needed capital to buy inventory, right? And so uh, people said, oh, I said, where am I gonna, I need like $3 million dollars to buy Ginsu knives and Jacqueline juicers and this kind of stuff. Right. And says, Oh, go to the bank, talk to the banks. That's what they do. They lend you money. Right. Well, guess what? I talked to five banks. I didn't have, I had good credit, but I didn't have assets at the time. So they're not going to just, Oh, here's 3 million. Good luck to you. They're like, you know, you need security. You need assets. You need money in the bank to cover it, or you need real estate or something. Right. So I got turned down by five banks. Then I, 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 I said to myself, how do I get somebody that can really, my dream team member that can help me here? So I ran into a guy that was a retired bank president. 
And this is the deal that I cut with this guy. He said, look, Kevin, he said, you got five banks that turned you down. I've looked at your business. You got an amazing business. I can get you the $3 million guaranteed. And I said, great. He said, in fact, I think I'll get it from one of the guys that turned you down. <laughs> and I said, even better. Okay. So he said, and then this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come in. I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to get you the 3 million. It's going to take me 90 days. Now you don't pay me a dime for any of that. Not for the work to do to get there and not for the money that comes in. But this is what's going to happen. After you've got that money sitting in the bank, you're going to say, hey, buddy, can you help me now with this business? Because you're going to appreciate what I did for nothing. Now you're going to want to cut a deal with me and have me long term. And everything the guy said happened. Three months later, the money was in my account from somebody that turned me down. And I sat down with him, brought him on as COO of the company, and he just continued to help us build. We went from 50 million a year to 500 million a year in the process because now we had cash. We ended up getting a $10 million line at Chemical Bank after that first one at 3 million. So it was an evolving process, but he was my dream team member in finance. He ended up bringing in a dream team member in legal, and we had a production dream team. This is now before today's world of digital, but now today we have dream team members in all parts of our business that provide us some great advice. I have two full-time dream team lawyers because I'm a, we're, we're like a deal machine. We got it. We're constantly closing deals, cutting deals, making deals, and you need good lawyers to back you up in the process. So yeah, I mean, I, in fact, what I've done, I used to have 500 employees because we said, oh, we're fulfilling products, so we need a fulfillment center. We're doing customer service, so we need a customer service center. We're buying media. We need a media business. So we had a media company with 100 and 100 here and 100 there. All of a sudden, we got 500 people driving me crazy. I'm not the greatest manager, even though we had people doing that, but we said, no, sell it all off. We're going to contract out everything on a transactional basis. So we can fulfill products at a buck a unit. It's transactionally oriented. We don't have to have the overhead of a big fulfillment center. So that's the stuff we started doing is contracting our overhead, contracting out. So as, as you get a campaign that takes off, you can pay a dollar a unit for everything. And so what if, if you sold a million pieces, it's a million bucks, but you didn't have, you know, all that overhead that maybe you spent 3 million because you had the overhead of all of it, right? So we learned a long time ago how to organize, streamline, cut the overhead, contract it out to transactional relationships. That's outstanding. I love that. And uh, I have two more questions for you. And then I want to spend the rest of the time talking about the book. Um, my first question is uh, my, my business partner, Nicole Marshall, who you know very well as well. Um, she brought up that you always are so mentally clear. You always look great. You always have such great infectious energy. And when we would be uh, kind of up by the production booth, I just never wanted to bother you because I was like, I know he's going to get up there and he's going to be just going, going, going. So I want him to, to harness that. But what types of uh, maybe daily routines or things do you have? Because I believe you're in your early 60s and you look you look fantastic, you sound great, your energy is off the chart still. So how are you staying so 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 
Young so thank you very much. So I, I made a decision. I appreciate that. I'm, I'll be 64 in October. So I'm, look, I'm getting you close, great, uh, you know, being an old, I think I'm an old entrepreneur now, but I used <laughs> to be a young entrepreneur. Um, so when I hit 50, I made a big decision. And, you know, I, because, you know, when, when you're successful and you're hanging out with a lot of people, you know, it's easy to drink in a party and this and that. And I said to myself, you know what? I want to live till I'm an old guy. In fact, my father was 93, going on 94 before he passed. And I'll never forget sitting with him when he was 90 years old. He was in great shape. He said, man, he said, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have started taking care of myself a lot better, a lot sooner. Okay. And he actually had already been taking care of himself, but he was kind of joking. But I said to myself at 50, if I keep going the pace I'm going, I'm not going to make it this. 70. So I stopped drinking. I said to myself, I want to lose weight. I was 25 pounds heavier than I am right now. And I wasn't in good shape. In fact, I had a, a, a life insurance. And after I stopped this and stopped that and stopped smoking and, and drinking and everything, I said, wow, I've, I've started working out every day. It was like a machine. And I went back and as I renewed my insurance policy, the, the doctor's like, what the heck did you do? He said, you, all of your vitals, everything is way better today. And you're like 15 years older than you were when you got the policy, you're going to be at the highest level and your rates are going to be dropping as opposed to rising. And so I just believe you need to take care of yourself. Um, so I, I, I've been, I've got a great wife and, and we eat right. Um, we take care of, 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 of all of our, uh, daily things that she makes sure that I'm in the gym and mm -hmm. we go to the same personal trainer. And I just think that's, I, I think I bought myself an extra 20 years or so, you know, and, um, and I just feel great. I wake up feeling good, full of energy. And I think if you exude that, it's it, to me, that's what makes, you know, it's, it's infectious. And, and I just think that it, it, it brings more people back. In fact, one of my, one of my mentors, I don't know if you mentioned it, I've, I've been on a few uh, podcasts today, but Zig Ziglar was a great mentor to me. And he had a saying that I, I bought into way back, and this has been how I've lived my life. You can get everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And so that's kind of been my philosophy of late and um, in the last you know 15 years or so of my life. And um and, you know, so ever since I hit that 50 mark, I have a different attitude about preserving my health and my life and longevity and all of that. And, hey, if I could get to 93 years old like my dad did, I'd be really uh, stoked, you know. So and, and now it also in business, it, I've been mentoring more. And that's you know, kind of leads us into the book is the book is about mentoring. I've had some of the greatest mentors in, in, in that you could ever get. I mean, Richard Branson is a mentor. Zig Ziglar, when he was alive, was a mentor. Of course, my father and, and many others across the board that I you know mentioned some of the bankers and legal and this and that. But I, at any one time, I believe that people that are trying to entrepreneurs that want to build their business. They're, they sometimes just don't know how to go about it and they're afraid or they don't have the lack of knowledge and how to get the right mentor. And we can talk a little bit about that if we got time still. 
Yeah, so Mentor to Millions is the book, and uh, I, I'm, I'm reading a lot about the sections on there, and I think it's a really interesting approach because it's not just talking about how to get a good mentor. It's also talking about how to be a good mentee, which I have not seen anybody talk about. And being somebody who mentored people, it is exhausting and draining when you don't have somebody that's a good fit for you. So talk about some of the reasons because you really have a unique approach with the book about the way that you're really handling it. And I think that that's a huge piece that everybody needs to pay attention to. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-482-0167. Again, text drummer to 833-482-0167 for your free drum lesson. Yes. So, I mean, first of all, let, let, let's talk about how to get a good mentor. Okay. So, um, and, and when, when I mentioned this banker that was retired, what I did in my first step, I said to myself, okay, I got a nice business. I've got accountants, I got lawyers, I've got um, a, a media companies. I, and I was, I, I, I kind of looked at, at my checkbook and I said, who do I write big checks to? Lawyers, accountants, media, this, that. Hey, I need some advice. So I reached out to my network of people that I was doing business with that I was writing checks to. And I said, I'm, I'm a good marketing guy. I'm not a great uh, finance guy. I need someone in finance. Oh, boom. Hey, we got a guy for you. His name is Pete. He retired from this bank. And he's even though he's retired, he's retired from banking, but he still wants to be in business. So he and Pete and I hit it off like that. But this came from me working working my list of people that I do business with. And I say, who do you write checks to? The people that you write checks to should be interested in your success because they want to keep getting checks. They'd like to get bigger checks. The bigger your company, the bigger the checks. So that was the first step. So now you can, so you can go, go look at who you write checks to, but also where are your professional organizations? Like I, I, I belong to EO, the entrepreneurs organization. There's, that's, there's members all over the world. You can go into EO and put a, a notice out. Hey, I need this. I need that. You'll get 30, 40 responses back within an hour. So, you know, EO, Chambers of Commerce, other groups like, I don't know, or have you ever heard of Joe Polish yeah. and the, you know, the, 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 the Genius Network, yes. right? Yeah. And Mike Calhoun, who's got Board of Advisors. I belong to a lot of little groups like that. War Room, Roll. Olin Frazier. So, you know, I, I joined groups and, and networking groups and, and there's where you can get some great advice, some great mentors and make some of the right connections. So, so mentors are out there. You need to go for it. In fact, and, and also like I live in St. Pete, Tampa, Florida. One day a guy came in my office. He said, I said, what do you need? He said, he says, I, I sell products to the military. 
And I, I have a hard time because I get to a certain level and I just can't get above that for the approval and this and that. So I, I thought to myself, okay, let's think. MacDill Air Force Base is right here in Tampa, Florida. It's Central Command. And they have retired generals. Well, the retired generals, their business model is they, they retire from being a general, but they want to be in business helping open some doors. So we went over to MacDill Air Force Base. They said, we've got three or four retired generals you could pick from that might be interested. One of them was General Chip Deal. And Chip, after he heard about what we were doing, he got excited and he said, yes, I want to get involved. So we got Chip involved. And, and now he was opening the top doors of the top military and just was crushing it. So this, this, sometimes you just got to think outside the box. I didn't have the connections. This guy didn't have the connections, but at McDill Air Force Base, we found retired generals that could help us do what we needed to do. So you never know where you're going to find a mentor, but you've got to get creative. Sometimes think outside the box. Who do you write checks to? Who are some of your organizations? And then the important thing is this, and you mentioned it, be the best student of your mentor. If you're a mentee and you're being mentored, by somebody powerful. So, you know, when Richard Branson was telling me, Kevin, you, you built Tony Little's brand, Billy May's brand, all these brands, but you never built your brand. You need to go out and start writing books and creating content. These are the things he told me. It's like, wow, I got home from that meeting and I started writing books and content and shooting videos and all this. And that is when Mark Burnett actually saw the books that I was writing because I was out promoting them on the internet. And he's like, let me just talk to this guy because I got this new show called Shark Tank. <laughs> so writing a book was the reason that I got on Shark Tank because Mark Burnett, he didn't know who I was until he saw on the internet me promoting my book. Just like I'm, you know, I'm doing the book launch right now on Mentor to Millions I'm doing 200 podcasts and an outreach to get out to the folks that need to be hearing about this book. Awesome. So where can people get the book? How can they find you? How can they look up with you for all the projects that you're currently working on, the things you're getting into? Yes. Fantastic. So uh, the book is, it's very simple. KevinMentor.com. And the book, it's, it's 20 bucks. But in addition to the book, you get the audio book. And you get a 30-day free mentoring program from myself and my co-author, Mark Tim. So we've put together, actually, we've been shooting videos now for months. And this is going to be really a powerful mentoring site. And we're going to have live events, virtual events, and live videos, and one-on-ones and, -on -ones and things like that. So, um, so for a $20 investment in a book at KevinMentor.com, you get a 30-day mentoring program, as well as the audio and a whole bunch of other downloads and stuff. It's pretty amazing. That's the best place to get the book. If anybody is interested in just kind of connecting to Kevin Harrington, kevinharrington.tv is a website. you got some stuff there too, but I always recommend go start at that book page because there's a lot of free things offered there that we've never offered before because we're really pushing to get this book launched in September in a big way. Awesome. And I went on that site and you guys will be blown away with all the things that come with that $20 investment. I will absolutely be part of that. Last question before I let you go. 
Being what you know now, after all the years of being a businessman and an entrepreneur, if a young Kevin Harrington came up to you in a time machine, what advice would you give a younger you starting out today? Then, you know, that's a great question. And, um, I've, you know, I've run through airports and some of them knock them. Hey, you're that guy from Shark Tank, aren't you? <laughs> give me one piece of advice. And, you know, I, I have to, I, I'm sorry to bring it back, but it's, I say, look, you're a young entrepreneur. Don't do it all 100% yourself the first time. Get a, get either, get either a great dream team guy, get a good mentor, get a good partner. Because people, I, I, I had a guy that came to me years back and he, he said, what deal would you give me if I, if, I, if I give you the exclusive rights to launch my product? I made him a proposal. He said, I don't want that, too expensive. I'm going to do it myself. A year later, he came back and said, I almost lost my home. I lost a quarter of a million dollars. Please, will you give me that same deal you offered me? And I said, yes. And by the way, that product, he bombed with it because he had no idea what he was doing. We created a $500 million fishing lure out of that company. It was called the Flying Lure. And so he had failed on his own and then came back to us. And we gave him the same deal that we offered him before he failed. But that's why I say partner with somebody, get somebody in your dream team, get a great mentor because you're going to have a lot better chance of success. Someone that's done it before. And one last thing, at the end of the day, one of the important things is what is the exit strategy that you've got? In other words, hey, you want to go build it up? You want to go sell a lot of product? Yes, but sell it. And I've had dozens of exits, whether they're private companies, public companies, into public companies, et cetera. Um, it's, it, we, we, I believe that you need somebody that has an exit strategy that can help you in the long run. So that's uh, it's my words of wisdom for the day. Nick, I appreciate it. You looking great, man. Good Thanks, to see brother. you today. And thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. Kevin Harrington, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a long time, man. I'm great to see you again. And uh, I know you got to go, so I really appreciate it. I'll send you a link, and I'll email you about the other thing we talked about. You have a great day, sir. Thank you so much. Two thumbs up to you, buddy. Take care. Have a great day. See you later, Nick. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. All right, that was Kevin Harrington. I wanted to... Touch on a bunch of stuff. He obviously was booked up for about 200 uh, podcasts in the last, uh, you know, however, I think a week or so. So heavy promotion on the book, but we did cover a lot of stuff. And I, again, I try and let their conversations lead to some of the questions there. And I like to prepare for these podcasts by going over and getting pages and pages of notes of potential questions. And then sometimes they just touch on things that the natural question comes up where you skip over a couple of stuff. And I still haven't really mastered being able to take my notes and be able because I don't want to stop and look at the notes while I'm talking to the person. But as you can see, Kevin's a professional. I mean, you give him a little bit of a, an idea of where you want to go. And he just gives you five, 10 minutes of straight fire content. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to get to the point. And I think that that's a great skill as far as not only being able to, to teach something and to identify stuff, but I think he's learned the craft of not wasting time and wasting words. So again, I've said it a million times, but how you do anything is how you do everything. I think that that goes to that as well, as far as he has to come up with ways to get people's attention for other people's products. You don't learn that skill 
and then not know how to present it yourself. So I think the same way he's learned as far as manufacturing, how to cut costs and get to the point, as far as distribution, how to cut costs and get to the point. He also has done it verbally. So he knows how to get his ideas out. He knows what's going to translate in to getting his message across. And he's able to do it with the least amount of words, which I think is probably a big idea of why he's able to save his energy. You don't hear him tripping over his sentences. It was almost automatic responses. He didn't have to stop. And well, it's a good question. Let me think about it. Um, well, well, I get it was boom. Here it is. Here's my answer. Here's what I do. Here's what you need to do. Here's where you need to go. Here's why this was helpful. Here's what I'm seeing in this market. Here's how you change. Here's how you pivot. So, uh, you know, I've also noticed that a lot of people, the stuff that's coming out of their mouth, it has to go from their brain to their mouth. So if it's coming that fast from his brain to his mouth and firing out, the stuff that's going through his mind is probably three, four, five times that amount of content and the things that are going fast. So people like that, that are busy all the time, that have that, that energy, I'm always impressed because like you said, people are running up to him and trying to get ideas from him or corner him or, hey, I saw you on Shark Tank. But when you're in the zone, you're trying to remember, okay, I got to get on this podcast. I got to get on this plane. I'm going to have to give this presentation. I've been in that spot where you're really trying to focus on a presentation or a meeting or an interview, or you have to teach for two or three days and you know there's certain points and things that you're going to have to do. And then your phone's blowing up and people want you from all directions. So I don't envy the position sometimes of him being in, but being able to to stop and be able to choose those words, I think probably serves him well in being able to conserve his energy, not drain himself emotionally by giving straight and direct answers. And he was very nice to give me his time. I know he's a very, very busy guy. We have worked together. We do know each other. We've hung out at uh, business events together. So I, I worked with him. I had the pleasure of introducing him a few times on stage that uh, some of my buddies have come and seen. And again, his presentation and his message and his content and his even his materials, we've gone to him last minute and said, hey, you know what? We actually need a little bit more of this direction, not this direction. We, we have more of this type of crowd, less of this type of crowd. Maybe you can change your messaging from really pushing towards this to that. And the guy just, no problem. Straight professional. This is what I'll do. Here's my content. Look it over. And he just really knows how to deliver on the fly. So again, it's come from years and years and years and decades and decades and decades. But like he said, people shake their eyes at, oh, I got to get a mentor. But you know the only mentors that have not paid out for me are the ones that I haven't utilized. So I'll pay for somebody's time and not call them, which I've mentored people, friends of mine too, that I've said, here's my number or here's the other person's number that's going to be available 24 hours a day or he's going to be your best bet because I'm not always the best person to, to answer a question. I'm not always the expert on everything. It's impossible to be. And I'm not always the easiest to reach. So I know that a good mentor depending on what you need, some of them quarterly, some of them weekly, some of them monthly, some of them biannually, some of them you don't have to meet in person, some of them you do. There's all kinds of different ways to be mentored. But for some of the things that I do, you do need a little bit of more constant communication because especially if you're newer and you're working on real estate deals, every day the sky is falling. Oh, you know, I have a property manager that quit. I have people that moved out. I have a contract that it didn't show up. I have a lender that fell through. This is behind, that's behind, this happened. My pro There's all kinds of things that's happening. And when it's new, it's extra scary scary and the sky's falling and you're freaking out and having somebody to call and pick up the bat phone and say, Hey, what do I do? And have somebody like me say, Hey, you know what? I've been through this 10, 15, 20 times. Here's what you do. Here's how you handle it. There's something to be said for that. And again, I haven't always picked the greatest mentors. I've gotten better at knowing who's a good fit for me. Who's not a good fit for me, but even the mentors that haven't given me what I needed from them or what I thought I needed from them, some of the lessons I've learned what not to do and what I don't want and who I don't want to be like and who I don't want to mentor like and who, how I don't want to treat people. And those lessons are equally as important because sometimes you don't know. And then you see somebody act a certain way or do something or not 
not perform the way that you need to or not pick up the phone or talk to you respectfully or get the best out of you. And a good mentor knows how to get the best out of you, how to adjust to the way you need to be talked to, how to change their tones, how to identify your personality, how to work to your schedule, how to adapt or how to make you feel more comfortable to adapt so you guys can meet somewhere in the middle. So they're all life lessons. Every dollar has been well spent, except for, again, the ones that I don't want to pick up the phone for because sometimes I didn't want to hear, no, don't do this deal or no, that's not a good idea or that, that's a bad idea. And there's all types of different things. So I am a big believer that I know the things that can go wrong. I know the time that can get wasted and, and having just somebody to calm you down emotionally or technically give you some sort of advice or financial advice or say, hey, I've already been through this. I've already done that and really cut that learning curve and help you not lose, especially on real estate. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 could be lost very quickly. To me, it's not worth it. So when somebody like Kevin Harrington says, I'm still hiring mentors, he named three or four different masterminds. He owns and runs his own mastermind. He's a founder of EO, which is a huge one. And he's still joining these other ones like the War Room and stuff with Joe Polish and you know, I'm in a number of different masterminds too. And I'm always meeting new people and surrounding myself with new people. And literally just before I got on this, I'm getting approvals done for Orlando, which I'll do a whole couple of podcasts about. But, you know, I have a couple of mentors on that deal that are, that are helping me. And one of the things we had to do is we had to send out a letter to everybody that lives within a certain distance of where we're planning to build this subdivision. And they get to show up tonight and they get to voice their opinions on what they want to say, what they like, what they don't like. And what they warned me was there's always going to be one or two that don't like anything and they're going to come out with their pitchforks and they're going to be all upset about stuff and they're going to be demanding things. So that's what happened. And I'm reading the things that these people want from the other subdivisions and the, the people in the, in the village that live around this that want the, the, the designs change and the sizes change and the price points change and the traffic change and they can't do this and they can't use that. We want more of this. And change. and I was like, man, you know, and I'm, 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 Oh, getting worried about it and getting nervous about it. And so I called up one of my mentors who has been through this dozens and dozens and dozens of times. The planning meetings, the board meetings, the angry neighbors, the angry towns, the difficult people, the old dinosaurs that don't want to change, all these different things. And when I got on with him and I was like, oh my God, and this is happening and that's happening. And he was like, yeah, you know what you should do about that? I was like, oh my God, what? Give it to me. And I got my pen ready and I'm all ready to go. And he went, nothing. Don't do anything. We got the meeting tonight. We've already done what we needed to do. We were more than prepared for this going in because I helped you with these things. We already know what's going to happen. So let them go say and do whatever they want. It's fine. We're doing what our, what our part is. We're changing the parts that we need to change and we've adapted to it. We're good. Don't do anything. Let's just let it run its course because we've already put the things in motion. We've already made the important phone calls. We've already done the initial legwork. We've sent the docs we need. We've had the meetings we need. We're good. And I was like, oh man. I was like, you are my, my Linus blanket, my Whoopi, my, my safety to kind of calm things down. And that's what you need because it's new to me. And I don't care who you are, or what you do. There's somebody doing better. I, I refer to the term black belts all the time. Black belts are somebody not, that necessarily is going to kick everybody's butt, but somebody that's taken those ass beatings so many times already and tried to reinvent the move or reinvent the wheel or do things a different way or do things their own way or go against what they're being taught and either figured out a better way to do it a quicker way to do it, a safer way to do it, or gotten their ass whooped, broken a bone, or gotten choked unconscious and said, I know you definitely don't want to do that. You definitely don't want to do that. Maybe you want to do this. 
And that's the stuff that's going to start to help me. So there's always going to be a better black belt. You know, you're doing real estate, you're doing single family homes, you're doing rentals. There's going to be somebody that you need to go to learn fix and flips. You're doing fix and flips. Now you want to do new construction. You got to go to somebody who's doing new construction. Okay, now new construction, you want to go into multifamily. Now you're going to learn somebody who's doing multifamily. Now you want to go into building a subdivision. Okay, now I got to go into new development, working with the cities, working with the civil engineers, working with the architects. I got to find somebody to do that. Now I got to raise money for that. Who's the person that's good at raising funding for there? And there's all these different things that, that change. Okay. Now I want to go into assisted living facilities. And it, it to me, it's like anything else. You know, you get a boxing coach, you get a wrestling coach, you get a jujitsu coach, you get an MMA coach, and then you put it all together and you learn. And then the sport evolves and you evolve with the sport, just like you do in business. And that's why I love talking to guys like Aljamain Sterling, Ally Quinta, Ray Longo, Matt Serra, some of the guys I've had or am going to have in these podcasts, because to me, there's so many parallels between athletics, especially martial arts and business. And the way you handle those things, the way you adapt to those different things is going to be no different than what you do there. So I, I love the parallels and the symmetries between the coach and the athlete and the mentor and the mentee as far as business goes. And those are all things that I think are really important. And again, I almost had a couple of mentors that I paid. I paid for them for their advice to tell me what to do and not do. And I wouldn't listen to them because they were telling me things that I didn't want to hear. So I wouldn't call them or I'd ask them for advice and then I wouldn't listen. And they said, look, if you are not going to take my advice, don't call me anymore because I'm not going to pick up the phone. So out of spite, I started doing what they said and it wound up working. So I've been a knucklehead too. I've been very stubborn. I haven't always made the best decisions, but I'm learning how to trust that stuff and how to follow, follow the directions that I'm given and how to be a better mentee. And I have done this tons of times. I've mentored hundreds, if not thousands of students, and I always try to come up with all the things that could go wrong so they don't make those mistakes. They don't do this, don't do this. Please make sure you're extra diligent doing this. Please call me for this. Please make sure you do this. Please make sure you call this person. And then they don't, and then they wind up losing money. And they go, oh, that doesn't work. But that's not true. It does work. You didn't follow the system. Business, mentors, they give you a recipe. And when you don't follow the recipe, don't be surprised when you don't get the same results. So it's for your own good. And again, I like that because a lot of the times it's, I don't have a dog in this fight. If you're JVing, yeah, now everybody's sharing a bottom line. But if you're giving me money to mentor you and I'm not making any money on that deal, which was the setup that I had when I, when I was working with my mentors, they're not making any more money if I buy the property or not. So why am I arguing with them? It's because I just want something to work so bad. And it's that emotional thing, which sometimes that's what I need more than the technical stuff is somebody just bitch slap me and say, hey, man, get out of your own way. You know, you, you're trying so hard to make this deal work or to make this, this loan go through or to make this buyer buyer. And again, I've said this on other podcasts, but you're looking at it for what it could be, not for what it is. You know, get out of your own way. Stop putting so much energy into that and go do this. And even this, like COVID, some of the most successful people I know, they're sitting there and we're all leaning at our companies and we're trying to find ways to cut expenses, which I think is smart. But at some point it becomes, stop worrying so much about trying to cut your expenses and focus more on getting more income so the expenses aren't that big a deal. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just need that little bit of something different. Like the old, you know, I talked to my mom about this. Parents say things till they're blue in the face. Sometimes kids don't listen. The uncle or the friend or somebody on TV comes over and says the exact same thing, the exact same way that the parents or the teachers or whoever have been saying things and you just hear it differently because it came from somebody else. And sometimes that's what a good mentor does. They're just somebody that for whatever reason, you click with them different, you listen to them different, they're able to express something to you different and you just hear it in a different way and they remind you of basic things. And again, that's, that's a big thing. 
that I have found, whether it's martial arts, whether it's uh, business, real estate, a lot of the time, it does come back to the basics and the fundamentals, not the flashy stuff, not the crazy stuff, not the exciting stuff, the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes of things. That's the stuff that sometimes, you know, the, the rear naked chokes or the basic sweeps are the things that are winning the fights. The basic ABCs of real estate and funding are the things that close the deals. The safe deals that everybody's buying in the middle income homes, those are the things that we're looking for. So I hope that was helpful. It was really awesome to get Kevin Harrington on. Again, he was he was tight on time. He had gotten sick the day before, so he was actually trying to double up today on the podcast that he missed yesterday. So I told him I would try and just barrel through, and he did not disappoint. And uh, again, Rob Lauf. If you guys listen to that podcast, we are going to be working with Kevin and Brian on trying to get something going with uh, Rob's snake trap invention. I think that's going to be really awesome. And I'm going to try and make some calls and uh, help help get him on Joe Rogan and get some other things going. So um, it was a great episode for me. I learned a lot. It got me thinking about a lot of stuff too. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please rate it, review it, subscribe it, share it. This will be coming out soon. And I'm looking forward to get many more guests just like Kevin Harrington, even though he is one and unique in himself. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Kevin Harrington, for coming on. It's been a great day. Enjoy the podcast.